at the end of the day, early on in your career, you know, you are working those 100-hour weeks. You are, in my case, sleeping in the restaurant, um, and, and you're making it work. And so to your point about finding that balance, it was extremely tough on me because I didn't know any different, and um, delegating felt like I was being lazy. Welcome, everyone, to The Ultimate Shift. Join Ephraim Glick and leading figures in business and entertainment as they share their stories of regular people overcoming tremendous obstacles only to achieve happiness, success, and fulfillment. Are you ready to make the ultimate shift in your life? Guys, really? welcome back. Like welcome back to the podcast. We've had, had once, we've had you on twice, right? Yeah, twice. This is the third time. Yeah. Third time. So... For many of our listeners, you don't need an introduction. Spence <laughs> Sheldon, the man, the myth, and the legend, literally. Like, wow. since I've seen you, you got married, you have a kid, you got another one on the way. <laughs> you have probably expanded into five more stores. Oh, gosh. Um, so, fill us in. What's going on? Thanks for coming back, by the <sighs> no, way. No, first off, thanks for having me. Titus, that nobody sees. This is a great dude we, we go way back we just met about five minutes ago but <laughs> thank you thank you for being here um and Ephraim obviously man I'm a big fan of yours and so uh, anytime we don't get to hang I know we, need, so, to, we uh, need to change that tonight we're going to yeah yeah, yeah. we're, we're gonna, gonna get dinner, dinner tonight but um this is when I get to hang with with Ephraim so I look forward to uh hearing more about you as well obviously throughout the pod but um no, man, life has been crazy. It definitely came at me really, really fast. Um, I don't know how in-depth you want me to go right now. I'm sure you have questions, but, um, yeah, I mean, got married fairly quickly. Um, well, I shouldn't say quickly. Uh, we dated for about two and a half, three years, but when it's time, it's time, I guess. Yeah. Um, found out she was pregnant um, while we were dating. Uh, a little bit about my story is I come from a extremely faith uh, based background. Uh, and, um, you know, when you find out your girlfriend's pregnant, it was a, it was a challenging season for me. Mm -hmm. Um, did you feel like you were ready or is that not something that as someone I don't ever think, I don't think you ever feel like you're ready. I mean, I, I feel like you would be doing yourself a disservice if you felt like you were ready. I think, I, I just don't think you should take having a, a child, uh, for granted or take it lightly. And I feel like if you, um, are in this headspace of that you got it figured out. Um, I just don't think um, that that's just the best way to go about it. But uh, I, I think, in just like everything in my life, I've always found a way. So I knew I was going to make it work. It's not mm -hmm. that I was going to sit back and uh, and crap the bed on this thing. But um, no, I uh, I knew as long as she was by my side um, that we were going to figure this thing out and because um, that's how my parents did it. Um, I had unbelievable role models growing up in the parenting space. And so, you know, I felt good about it. So, yeah, I mean, we, we got married. had a little one. I got a, a one-and-a-half-year-old one um, uh, now and then a little boy on the way in February. So I've got Sloan V and then uh, Shade Paul. Um, so Shade is, is his name, and he'll be, he'll be born in February. Nice. Um, yeah, all while. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's so awesome. it's, uh, it's been a, uh, it's been a time, you know, we, we're, uh, we're still playing man to man defense, you know? So, I mean, once we go zone, I think it'll be a, a tougher deal, but we're going to stay man to man for a while. We're going to, um, we're going to do the two. I got my girl, I got my boy, I got my wife. So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to make it happen for a little bit and let daddy focus on the business and, and, uh, the company and, and, and go from there. 
Well, there, yeah, there, you said we have a lot to cover because uh, literally when you walked in, and I guess it's been prop, well, probably two years since I've seen you, at least. Yeah. You look younger every time <laughs> I see you. Well, that makes me you, feel good. You've done some crazy stuff in the last month, may I say? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like uh, fasting wise, I want to hear yeah. about that stuff. <laughs> so, so, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in there. You, you've uh, found the. I want to hear your your theory on cold plunges. I know you've started. You've found right. that. Yeah. Um, I started that about a year and a half ago now. But um, anyway, but first off, like how. Just think, I know my work-life balance is zero, so I'm trying to figure out, like, you've got, what, four stores right now? Four, so, four, the yeah. Donato's Pizza. Correct. Uh, for our listeners, Spence owns the, you got two in Bowling Green, yes. one in Murfreesboro, and one in Nashville. Correct. Right downtown, too. So, four of those, you got a kid, you got another one on the way, and you're married, <laughs> what does that look like for for you? Or have you mastered the craft of finding people to essentially take over your role in? I've found for me in the past, the past this year, more than ever, we've probably replaced more of my workload than ever before. Mm. So is that what you've had to do? Or how do you, how do you balance that? Absolutely. I, I think... I think when you're forced to is the only way as like a young entrepreneur, go-getter, anyone in this life to really go after something and and, and want to be that entrepreneur. I think we have this innate um, kind of uh, uh, mindset that says, you know, against all odds, I'm going to make it work. And I think the hardest part for us is is delegating Mm -hmm. because all we knew the first – I don't know, for me, it was like three and a half years. I think I grew into my second location after three years. Um, But I remember my dad telling me, he was just like, you know, if you're going to go into business for yourself, just be prepared to sell out for five years. And I think it was more of a a personal thing for him because I think that's about how long it took for him to grow past his first pharmacy. So Um, meaning you're you're all in, forget everything else. Yeah, you're all in, man. I mean, I think, you know, I was listening to uh, another podcast not too long ago, and, and I've always said this, you know, I think if you're going into business to be your own boss because you want to create your own schedule, because you want to take the days off you want to take off, it's the complete opposite, right? You know that. We all mm-hmm. know that. The buck stops with me. It doesn't stop with anyone else. Well, I can't yeah. delegate my responsibility to anything else, yeah. to anyone else. And so for the first five, six years, really, of my career, it was me, right? Mm-hmm. It was... Um, you know, if someone doesn't show up for a shift, um, if there's an issue, I was the one correcting it. I was the one doing it. I was the one working the shifts. I was making the pizzas. I was serving the pizzas. I was taking the orders. Um, and I had a few good trusted associates during those seasons of my life that I wouldn't be here um, without them that would kind of glued themselves to my hip. Mm-hmm. And so um, in restaurants, especially, it takes a team just like every business. But at the end of the day, early on in your career, you know, you are working those 100-hour weeks. You are, in my case, sleeping in the restaurant um, and, and you're making it work. And so to your point about finding that balance, it was extremely tough on me because I didn't know any different and, um, delegating felt like I was being lazy. Yeah. And I think when you grow up in a home where work, 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 um, you know, if you want to be or do anything in this life, um, you got to work for it. Uh, when you start the, to be in more of an administrative role, more of a, 
I need to delegate. It, it's it's such a paradox. It's extremely yeah. tough. But let yeah. me tell you, Ephraim, the one thing that really, really blew that out of the water for me and took that whole perspective and launched it out the window was having a family. Really? Because they, oh my God. Because you've had to? Because had it's the so most fast? important thing that I will ever do is be a dad and a husband and, and raising my kids. And, and when... When that sets, when you find something more to live for other than um, your bottom line in the company or or selling a bunch of pizza, it be, does become easier. I'm here to just tell you that, uh, to to delegate because you realize what's most important. Mm-hmm. And that was the only thing. That was my saving grace this past couple of years because, yes, one to two was extremely hard for me, but they were only three miles away in my hometown. I had yeah. plenty of resources, plenty of help to come help me, um, you know, in dire straits. Well, mm-hmm. when you move to Nashville, you know, you got an, an hour away from home office. When you go to Murfreesboro, you're looking at darn near two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have a choice. So it, now it becomes about the systems. It comes about the people that you have around you. It comes about the infrastructure more so than what can Spence handle on his own, right? Because I can only take my company so far. It just got to a point to where... I had to understand systems and processes. I brought in a guy from Chick-fil-A. He'd been with them for 10 years um, because Spence thought he was Superman and he was going to run all four locations and he was going to go take the catering order in Nashville when he needed to and he was going to run down to Murfreesboro when someone didn't show up to work for there. And then he was going to come home all while still trying to be a, a, a dad and a husband. And so um, once I figured that out, that I could not be Superman, um, I was forced to start delegating. So to your yeah. point... Yes, I've relieved myself of darn near everything. Does it affect so, my bottom line? You bet. Yeah. Right. But I know where I'm headed. I know where I'm going, um, and I know that in order to not just be a million dollar company, but a billion dollar company, those roles are going to have to be fulfilled at, at some point. Why mm-hmm. not? Why not make it happen now? So I do not have uh, an unbelievable um, work life balance, but what I do have is my priority straight. That's awesome. Do you ever think that when you said that by delegating as an entrepreneur, you sometimes feel guilty or feel lazy? Like you feel guilty because you think you're being lazy? I I still struggle with that. Yeah. Because I think as an entrepreneur, a lot of times you feel like you have to do everything. Right. That you uh, And then then now I've got more. um, I've got more time for me whereas for three or four years i'll put it in this like one of my guys the other day said said dude do you ever think about the days when we started and there's like (laughs) there's like four or five of us and like i'm doing the sales i'm doing the accounting i'm on the roof every day and we and he's like we used to have so much fun and he's like i feel like it's not always as fun now and i was like Mm. i was like yeah i i get that but i was like dude for you i said well do you want to go back i mean he's in sales and he's killing it and so I'm like, well, do you want to go back to the roof? And he's like, no, no. <laughs> you, and I said, I love that analogy. Do you want to go back to the roof? Yeah. But, but I said to him, I was like, it's literal. I, I said, what you. you don't understand yeah. on this is that I said, I had no life during yeah. that time. That was so fun yeah. for everybody. I was coming home at 11 o'clock doing my accounting. Yeah. It's crazy. I was doing, it, it flips. You know, yeah. And yeah. so I was like, that wasn't sustainable for me. And so we still tried to like, figure out how to have fun and not be too serious and stuff. And, but I, I still struggle with that. Like thinking like, well, if I delegate, I'm just being lazy, but yeah, the mental capacity you need when you get to kind of where we are now or where you're at, 
just the mental capacity to operate is so much more. I feel like to the point where your physical part of it is not as much as your mental part. It's do good. You, do, you, do you feel that? That's good. I mean, I think that helps me. I think you're absolutely correct. I think people don't understand, and, and, and that's a good segue into the cold plunges and, and, and your workout regimen because my mental has to be – I have to be on, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I just don't know what the phone calls are going to look like. I don't know what fire I'm going to have to put out. I don't know um, when it's time to uh, celebrate an employee because they've done uh, well, but I have to be intuitive enough to know when those conversations need to be had and how they need to be had. And um, you have to be on uh, mentally. So to your point, yes, absolutely. But let me let me revert back real quick. I think the hardest part for me because I've had those conversations with my employees, right? Man, I miss working with you, Spence. I miss mm-hmm. you. I miss having you in the kitchen, and uh, I miss you not being around as much. And those are tough. Those are extremely yeah. tough conversations yeah, for me. Um, but what I constantly try to do, and I got good advice at one, at one point, was just the bigger we get, the smaller we need to act. I think that has to do a lot with me being in hospitality and the service component, right? There still needs to be a personalization to every customer that comes through our door. We still don't need to lose. Uh, we don't need to be so systematic that we lose that um, that one-on-one, that hospital that hospitable piece that drives, you know, our commerce and, and, and hospitality. Um, and so what I've always tried to do is let people know that I'm still the same Spence, um, Murfreesboro, because it is so far away. I go down there once a month. Um, we have dinner and if we talk about business, I fire them. I mean, it's, really? yeah, I mean, we don't, t- we don't bring up pizza. I need them to know that I'm still here. That I'm still a kid. Not I'm just still the same business. guy that you showed up and started working for six years ago. Yes, you've relocated. Yes, you've moved your whole life for me to go open, you know, a, a restaurant for me. Um, but I need you to understand that I'm still the same idiot that that uh, that was running around, you know, acting like a fool in, in that kitchen. And I haven't become Mr. All High and Mighty because you mm-hmm. have not seen me. And um, and I, I, I truly do try to do that with every single one of my stores. I try to get to them. We try to do things outside the restaurant um, that they need to understand that if it was possible for me to be working right next to you, I'm still the same kid. Um, I haven't gotten to a place to where you don't respect me or you don't think you're working for the same company anymore. Yeah. Um, and so for me... That's been a uh, that's that's been a grind because I know you, E, and I know that a lot of your respect and the reason why people like Titus will come work for you is because um, you did bust your ass for a long time, and and when you re- when you're not the one shoulder to shoulder with them on the roof anymore, it is extremely tough because you you had a servant leadership for so long. And your form of leadership was showing them and leading by example. And now that your role has um, has adjusted into more of an administrative space and has grown into an administrative space, your biggest fear is that they don't think you're working as hard. They think you've got to a point and he's made his money. He's mm-hmm. fine now. Now we're his little pawns and we're not... It's the toughest thing in business. It's, it's never it's like that. it's the complete opposite. Yeah, it's, it's never It's the like complete that. opposite. But to them, it could feel that way. Or yeah. it could feel like the company is evolving, it's changing, and I don't like it. And you got to do your best to reel them in, man. you got to do your best to love on them and care for them, listen to them. You know, that's the biggest thing. Listen to their concerns in the restaurant and know that, that you're going to fix them uh, at the same pace as if you were the one right next to them um, worried about the same issue. And I, I don't know, man. I, I think I've struggled with that. 
uh, a lot, a lot, a lot. That's that's my biggest struggle. If if I could, of everything I do, and and I know like some guys in our company would probably think I'm crazy or laugh to hear me say this, but like of everything I do, I'd rather be on a roof. Mm. I'd rather be You're preaching to the that, choir, man. But like, but I, I did learn like. And, and this is very cliche to say, but I feel like a lot of people say it and I don't see it happen a lot. And that is, I remember the first job I ever had uh, after leaving the Amish. And it was this guy told me, stuck with me. And he said, he drilled that in. He's like, don't ever ask. He said, I'm never going to ask you to do anything I wouldn't do myself. Right. And that's how I, so like, I try to do that here. Um you know, if, if I've had a guy recently, one of our foremans is like, he's trying to finish a job on a Saturday and nobody wanted to work and I'm, and I'm like, I'll come. Mm. And so, and he just told me when we were out there, he's like, dude, this is so awesome. Like he said, my former boss would never, never do this. He would <laughs> never set foot on a roof. If that's what he's, if, if he wasn't in roofing, but like, but I think that's so important. And for me, honestly, that was the most fun I had all month. We had a freaking blast out there. And I got to know him better than ever. And, you know, we got closer as a, like he he came into the company at a time where all he knows is me in the office. Right. And so so it was really great. And and I think I think a lot of employers miss out on that by um, just not being a part of it. But the other part that that I would want to tell any employee is like dude if for if you're an employee of like say my company or your company or any other company and you're looking at your employer as if like kind of what you said like this guy's he's made his money and all that like dude the the amount of risk I deal with and you deal with <laughs> is very uncomfortable right. to the point like I I might be my net worth might have grown but my bank account stays the same <laughs> I put that's all good. of our money back into business. That's, hey, that's good. So that's really good. And I, and I think people fail to see that sometimes in, in the behind the scenes of what it takes to to keep something functioning at a high level, hmm. especially when you have like we have multiple crews running, you got multiple stores running, and the amount of exposure and risks that you take by having all those out there, like even for us, and I'm sure it's no different for the restaurant industry in some way, but like for us, if you have like 13 trucks on the road, that's 13 trucks that have a chance of getting in a wreck <laughs> in a day with your company name okay. on. Oh, yeah. And that's, dude, that shit's scary yeah. to me. No, for sure. And someone has to deal with it. And yeah, yeah I mean, I guess to, to apply that to my industry, I mean, we're doing... 400 transactions at our highest volume store. We're doing probably 250 a day in our lowest volume store. And so I'm looking at thousands of transactions a day where we can jack up this pizza. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, not all those get to me, but yeah. they could. Yeah, yeah. Depending on how bad we jack this thing yeah. up. And yeah. so um, to, to your point, um, yes, you know, somebody, somebody has to be able to administratively run this thing. Um, and I think, too, what's important for employees to understand is that I don't keep good people by being stagnant, right? Everyone wants the opportunity to move up, to grow, to make more money, to have that financial freedom, to understand that there is another opportunity inside this company mm -hmm. beyond my role today. Yep. Well, guess what has to happen? We have to grow. Yeah. 
Exactly. And who's making those decisions? You yeah. aren't. I know it feels like it's minimal, and I know it feels like because you're on the roof, and and I know it feels like that all you're doing is on my make table today, and you're making pizza. But guess what? You've got a guy somewhere right now pushing the envelope inside your company to where you don't have to be there forever. Mm. And yep. you may and you may want to you may like the culture that you work in, and you may like me, but the reality of it is is financially speaking, if you want to if you want a wife, you want a husband, if you want to raise a family, if you want a Tahoe. That, that takes that takes that takes yeah. cash. It takes financial yeah. freedom. That's what I'm doing. I'm not sitting back here going, I'm good because the reality of it is, Ephraim, I would have been good with two stores. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I was I, yeah. I was making just as good. I was making great money. I could go invest it in in other assets and other real estate. Go open up other restaurants. I could do multiple things. But guess what? My kids and my people were only good at the at the at the spectrum that. Uh, Donato's brought right so mm-hmm. it's my job to continue to grow the Donato's brand not just for them but for my little company so these kids and these people see a way up I'm only yeah. going to keep them as long as they see that they've got a, they've got an opportunity beyond where they are today or else I'm going to lose them in three or four years and I just don't like playing that game I don't like to be a revolving door I tell people all the time I don't give you a job I give you a home and you know I want to grow together and um, and I think that's important for 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 us to obviously understand that we don't just do it for us. Yeah. And for me, that's pretty selfless. I'd like to think it's why I love hospitality. I love just making people happy. Um, you know, uh, uh, it, it has to be done in order to keep my, my core group of people that I know that I trust. I feel responsible for their future. I feel responsible for them to have financial success. I feel for, uh, responsible for their freedom to see the world that they, never thought they would see to be in the car that they never thought they would drive. I feel extremely responsible for that. And that is a, uh, that that's a pressure. None like a Friday night make table, Yeah, you know? Um, and, and then last thing I'll say, cause you, you touched on a good point is I would do anything, Ephraim, anything to go back to one restaurant, anything yeah. to where I could be in the restaurant. Cause that's why I got into it. I never dreamed of, yeah, of running restaurants. Yeah. I got into it cause I love the grit and the grind of the restaurant. I like yeah. being in the kitchen. I like the fast pace. I love seeing all kinds of people that I can attempt to make their day. I love to entertain. Um, guess how many? How much of that I get to do behind a desk? Zero. Yeah. I, <laughs> I sold the last company I had prior to this because of that when I was still in play sets because I'd love to build stuff and then see the kids' faces. And then the last five years of that was just me sitting at a desk. Yeah. I've set up this company to where... It's different. We have a lot more administrative people here to right. where I can go out. I'm I'm in the office on average. What would you say, Titus? Three days a week, maybe Three, something like that. So like other it's than that, I'm I'm at the shop. I'm at the warehouse. Yeah. I'm resi- I'm outside. I'm with the guys. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And so I, this is sustainable. But to your point earlier about growing and dude, I was making more money when we were half the size as we are right now. Mm-hmm. But, and people don't understand this. Sometimes people say, oh, don't grow because you, you'll just spend more money in uh, your growth than you will taking home. For me, it's not, it's exactly about what you're saying. It's not so much about me doubling my income as it is, how do we have every single guy here make more money every single year they're here? Mm. And then if, if I just get stagnant at my, say, if I lessen my workload and go back to half of what we're doing right now and I'm take more money home 
But then everyone else is stagnant. And there's no place for them to go. They're on a roof and they're like, well, we're either here till we decide to go somewhere else because we're not growing as a company. That's why as an entrepreneur, you should grow your company because you, you want to raise spots for people to get to get other places in the company. I mean, my cousin Elmer is a prime example of that. He's been with me since a, I think he started the second year I was in business. And he worked for me prior in other companies and we did a lot of stuff together and he was, he got, he was a big reason that I really pushed for growth because he came to me about a year ago, I guess it was or something like that. And yeah, about a year ago. And he's like, dude, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I hate to tell you this, but I'm going to quit. And I'm like, why, why, you know, he's making a bunch of money. He's a foreman. He kind of makes his own schedule and he's like, I just, I just, you know, I feel like I could, I just need to do something different or something else. But what it wasn't so much that as it was, he was stagnant. Mm. He'd been doing this for four years now. Mm. Uh, every day, the same thing. And I, and I'd been telling him, dude, I, w- I want to get you to where you're a supervisor, project manager, something else where you get in the office. Some, you get off that hot roof every summer, mm. you know, you're out there for summer after summer, it, it starts beating you up. And, so he pushed me to give him a different position. Actually, we actually thought he was, you know, we we thought we were going to lose him, and, and we adjusted according, and I, you know, was planning to hire other people. And then finally I was like, man, if I move him and make him a um, supervisor over all of our crews, now I don't have to micromanage all of them. Mm. That's a delegation from my part. Right. That's going to help us all be better. And... So I brought it up to him and I was like, and he's like, oh, well, I, I, you know, I like, I think I'd like to stay or whatever. And now he's doing that, loves it. He gets to have more time with his girlfriend. He get, but that is why it's not all about the money. It's not always about the money you take home. It's about building something that people can grow into. So I think people fail to see that sometimes. No, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. I think it's just like me. It's like if I felt like this was my role forever with with even my company was whatever I'm doing today and I always try to you know empathize with my people and understand just how long they would they've been with me just how long that their role has um, felt like um, a, a, a hamster wheel and 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 I, I do I truly do try to try to reach down and and figure out um, their headspace on all this and and there's only one way. And that is growth. Yeah. And what they don't under what they do they don't understand until they're in your shoes. And that's I try you know I try to be extremely to a fault. And it's not really an old school way of thinking because my dad, he he usually is like, man, I can't believe you you said that about your finances or you said that or you told them. I try to be so open and honest about our financial situation in our company to a fault. Mm-hmm. We got I mean we've got a lot of money coming into our company and most people would say no 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 you know don't disclose this information to your people but i want their trust i want them to go with me i know that especially in restaurants and any company especially if you're going to grow at any pace you got to have good people and they've got to trust you you lose their trust you lose an employee and for me sometimes the only way to do that is to go dude i want to give you that raise Mm -hmm. but let me tell you how that's going to affect what we're doing yeah. out of this location. Yeah. You don't think for one second I don't want to give you this raise? I promise you I do. Do you trust me on that? I can't. We're, we can't do it today, 
But if we do X, Y, and Z in six months from now, let's let's mm-hmm. let's let's touch back. This is what I need from you, and this is my promise: is that we revisit this conversation and let's figure it out. So, no, I mean, I, I think um, I I think my I think that's why you've been successful. I think that's why we've had a little bit of a success is because we do take care of our people. Every decision I make is based on it's not about Spence; it's about the hundred employees that I have under me. Um, you know, what does this look like for them? Mm-hmm. Is this a Spence decision or is this a company decision? And I try to make every decision um, based on the company and, and those typically um, help all four. Um, and so, no, man, it's been, it's been a, uh, it's been a season of growth. Um, you know, I never, I think you figure out your retirement in these seasons, to yeah. be honest, because I'll retire with one restaurant with, or I, so? I'd say really? like two or three. Maybe two or three. My own concepts. We'll see 30, um, and that way I can be back in it. I, w- I won't be as pressed to worry about the financial stuff. And So your uh, your plan, your long-term plan is to, just to sell off some stores? Uh, you know, I think right now we've, I've really done a really good job of delegating. I've got a guy in my company right now. Shout out to Sam. Um, Reckard, he's running my Nashville location right now. But um, if all goes as planned, he'll be running the franchise portion of what we do. That's um, awesome. But everyone knows that like my, so you're my dream is my own concept. Or have uh, you already, maybe? Uh, so Donato's itself is a franchise, yes. Oh, that's so right. I bought that's it. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I bought into a franchise. Um, you know, a little bit of my story. I needed the cheat sheet. Knew nothing about restaurants. Um, got my start here at Pinewood Social in Nashville. Uh, worked for Ben and Max for about two and a half, three years, um, and fell in love with uh, with ser- the service industry in general, the pace of play. Um, you know, I, I love the fact that I could go to every single table and it was entertainment for me. I think everyone moves to Nashville for entertainment and you get down here and you find other avenues for entertainment. Mine mm-hmm. just happened to be serving tables and I loved that I had six tables um, at six different stages and I got to go figure out what that audience needed of me and be that person for them. And it was genuine. I, I didn't yeah. want to go to your table and be phony. I genuinely wanted your experience to be something like you haven't experienced before. And, and I looked at it as entertainment and then the business side, just growing up, um, in a kind of entrepreneurial environment allowed for me to be able to run the company, um, halfway decent. We're, we're getting there. And then, um, but no, that's, uh, my ultimate goal is to have my own concepts. I think there's, there's a lot of freedom there for me. Um, um, from an aesthetic standpoint, from a service component, from uh, so much that I, I don't get right now with the franchise. But like I said, I've got 100 employees that sold, uh, they're sold to me. And, and a part of uh, my job is to, f- is to figure out what they're good at and put them in uh, a position to succeed and make more money. And right now it is, it's the Donato's component. And just because Spence wants to venture off and do his own thing right now and uh, doesn't mean it's the right move. So yeah. right now we're going to keep pushing the Donato's envelope. So. All right, let's touch a bit on uh, mental health because mm. this is something I care about a lot and you've been doing a lot of different stuff and uh, maybe we can even have Titus pull up some stuff and debunk it or talk about it or because I hear this a lot. When I started cold plunging, for example, I had a, I mean, half the people are talking would give me some unrational reason as to why it's not good for you <laughs> and stupid. It's so crazy. And so, and now it's a much more embraced thing than when I started doing it, but still, I still hear it. And the same with fasting. <laughs> and so I, I have never fasted for a long period of time, maybe mm. at the most 36 hours. Mm. Um, you just finished 72 hours. 72. Yeah. So did you look into that at all as to whether or not, 
that's healthy? Did you listen to anybody's advice or were you just like, dude, I'm going to figure this out for myself? Uh, I, I'm, my, um, my mom is the biggest hippie you'll ever meet. Um, she is uh, all holistic. Um, it's it's kind of ironic because my, my, my dad owns, you know, or runs, uh, sold the company now. But, you know, he's in pharmaceuticals. and But my mom will not uh, touch anything chemically induced. And so she's all into this holistic um, uh space and in my brother he had Lyme's disease um um you know a lot of autoimmune stuff going on with him um and then my parents just being in healthcare in general they knew more I guess than the average Joe I did not choose healthcare because I was not smart so um but so it's always been a part it's always been around me and then obviously being an athlete in college I mean ice ice baths were the only things that got us through like two a days and and, and things so like that wasn't new to you it wasn't new to me um but I always used it for my physical health not my mental health so the idea that I was going to get in back into a cold plunge at uh, 30 years old um felt extreme but I, I'm an extreme guy I, I like to constantly challenge myself me mentally too. physically I think it's healthy for everyone around me mm-hmm. um, I think when Spence gets stagnant he's a bad version of himself I think my family yep. appreciates when I'm working out they appreciate when I'm doing crazy shit and trying to challenge myself uh, to be a better individual and um, I think it gets to a point where you know there's so much revolving around it especially in the cold plunge space and the fasting space um, to where you can't really ignore the 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 health benefit i think you're you're fairly naive or fair you know you're listening to the wrong people i would say um and i gotta be careful saying that because i don't know your health um your health journey you know for for you it may not be but i think for 97 percent of us um it it is a uh it's an actually it's a great thing so um my wife and i have a a sweat studio so we have infrared saunas and we have cold plunges um you know in our studio and so we have access to to most of that stuff and um fasting is something that i've really jumped into because of my personality i'm an all or none guy um it's extremely hard for me to do a diet it's extremely hard to say i'm going to cut out x y and z um i would much rather say spend just don't eat Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to fail, you don't eat for... So intermittent fasting has been a part of my life for now three years. I mean, yeah. I fast every Monday. Uh, I've done that for... All Gosh, day, two like years. for 24 hours? Yeah, 24 hours. So I'll eat dinner on Sunday, and I won't eat dinner again until Monday night. Um, just a small reset, something that I've always done. Um, the weekends are typically when you've got an event to go to mm-hmm. or you need to show your face and, and, and cocktails are present or you're not as um, cognitive of the food that you're eating because it's more of a, a social event. You feel like you need to shake some hands um, and so you're not in the right headspace. But the idea is that you know come Monday that you're going to reset your body. It's going to metabolize everything that you've, all the junk and the bull crap that you put in for the last, you know, Saturday, Sunday, whatever that means, Sunday with the boys watching football, whatever that may be. Um, um, I always uh, do 24 hours, and so did that, and then it was two hour, and then it was two days, 48 but what, hours. But what's the 24 hour thing? Just to yeah. pause on that, what is the first thing you noticed different about it? Uh, I think just a uh, as you get older, this the. Um, Really just like the weight loss more than anything. Um, not really weight loss, but um, able to maintain your weight. Okay. 
I think if you have a bad weekend as you get older and your body's not metabolizing and it's not, uh, it doesn't work as quick as, as much as it did when you were 16, you know, 17, 18, 20 years old and you realize that you can eat a burger and literally feel like crap and go step on a scale and be like, how the freak did I just gain <laughs> two, two pounds? Yeah. You know, I would be begging for those 10 pounds yeah. in college. Um, but I think for me, it's, it allowed me to maintain if I was working out hard during the week, I fasted on Monday. Um, even if I ate like crap and decided to splurge on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whatever that looked like, I was at least able to maintain weight Obvi- and, 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 and felt good about myself. I think a, part, a big part of my role, your role, or anyone in a leadership role is you've got to feel good about yourself. Um, I think you're the best version of yourself when you're confident, and that's just in anybody's role I, mm-hmm. in general. I just I want to be confident in myself. I don't want to feel like I'm just some massive and – and I get to those, you know, some days, some weeks, you know, and, um, you know, I'll eat like crap, not work out, and I'm just uh, – I'm not good at what I do in that headspace. Yeah. So yeah. 24 hours – then it did 48. Um, uh, what was the biggest difference in, in when you did your first 48? And what happened? Did you, during the process of putting your body through that kind of extreme change, what did you get headaches? Did you get, like, what was that process like? Yeah. So, I mean, if you're used to 24 hours, it's going to feel like a breeze because you know that. Uh, you got 72 of these bad boys so the idea is like if if you're if you begin with the end in mind and you know you're doing 48 24 is going to feel like nothing because you know it it truly is because you know you got 24 more um it's just the way the human brain works and so 24 was fairly easy 48 hours yeah it gets tough the second day is the hardest um no question you'll you'll wake up you know, you're you're just like, I can't believe I just made it 24 hours without eating, and you're telling me that I can't. Your brain is going to take you through all this funk. The discipline that it takes is my favorite part. And quite honestly, that's the only reason I started it was for the discipline component. Uh, I want everyone to have a good time. I want to be a part of the good time. Um, and that's just not a very disciplined expense. When, when you have responsibility to a family, to a company, um, and so for me is I always challenge myself to do things that were just so abnormal that took a lot of discipline. And if you're telling me that you can't eat for 72 hours, Spence, that you can't name it X, Y, and Z, you can't be disciplined enough to hit your workouts every morning. You can't be disciplined enough to, um, stay faithful to your wife. You can't be disciplined enough to, right. It's just, you can take it as far as, mm-hmm. as, 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 but the discipline component of it for me was the main reason why I did it. Um, but from 24 to 48, yeah, you get dizzy, um, headaches, uh, you're having sugar withdrawals, um, you know, uh, there's just, there's a lot there, but it, just like anything in life, it's usually when it, at, your, at its peak, at its hardest is where I always just kind of said, this is probably where everyone else dropped off and I'm just not like everyone and else. And that, that sets you know? it apart. Yeah. And then once you get from like, to, to like, I would say about the 50 hour mark, the cravings are gone. You're not hungry mm-hmm. anymore. You're just, you're just not, it's just a bunch of mental clarity. And then 72 hours, man, it's very euphoric. It is, um, it is, uh, you see the world from a brand new light. Um, really? I, oh my gosh. I mean, look at it this way from the time you were a toddler coming out. I, I like to look at your body as like a shift worker, right? Like your body has been working for, for my case, I'm 30, I think I'm 31, 31 years old. <laughs> you think you're 31? <laughs> oh, after 30, it's just a blur, but uh, I agree. I th- I agree. Th- th- 31 years old. My body's been working for 31 years. 
31 processing years. Processing the food. Process everything. Everything. You're into. And mm-hmm. so basically what your body's doing when you decide to fast is going, thank you. It's like working one of your employees mm-hmm. on that roof for a ridiculous amount of time. And you're mm-hmm. going, oh, my gosh, I get a break. What's going yeah. on? Right. So that's like your 24 hour fast. Wow. 72. I've never heard it put like that. 72. Your body. You're giving your body a break. It's a reset. Pull up. What happens to your body when you go 72 hours of fasting? Yeah. And 72 is pretty much fight or flight mode, right? Like if you're looking at for the science behind 72 hours, it's it's your body it thinks it's dying. At a 72-hour fast or fasting for three consecutive days without any food intake can help your body enter a state of, ke- of ketosis. Ketosis is a metabolic state in which your body burns stored fat. Well, yeah, okay, we it's going to talk about the that. weight loss because that's what's going to get most okay, people. So, but there's so, so much in, more. Put to in it. mentally behind that, that and see if that. Well, the weight loss is, is just a byproduct, dude. But like, what it well, does. So, so people's argument to that, if I may, is if you lose it fast, it'll come back fast, which I understand. I completely agree. I, but you're I'm not more doing interested it for that. in the mental aspect. So, what you said about the discipline part of a fast, it's the first time I've ever heard anyone say that. The discipline part, if you can be disciplined enough, our world revolves around food. Everything we do revolves around food. And if you're in my space, that's my whole world. Yeah. And you're telling me that I can go work in restaurants for 72 hours and not touch a pizza? Um, and guess what? You learn a lot about yourself, too, like the triggers, right? It's in, it's in, it's no different for someone that struggles with alcoholism. Yeah. What are the triggers for that individual to, the, to where they don't need to be drinking? What are those triggers? What were my triggers on those 72 hours? I understood that. We're, like, what triggered me to want to eat, to say, screw this thing, I'm not doing it, right? You learn a lot about yourself and just the discipline behind doing anything extreme. Anything extreme um, is is so beneficial in so many other ways than just the freaking weight loss. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, to your point, yeah, of course, if you're doing it for weight loss, sure, do it. But, yeah, I mean, it's just an extreme way. There's not a routine. We all know that, you know, that, that you know, if it, if it, if you're, it's kind of like a cheat, right? It's like a cheat code. It's like steroids for the guy that wants to get massive. And I'm, listen, I'm, I'm not, you know, listen, you're going to go or, or, you know, we've got people, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to just step it's on each, any toes. Each to but you've got, that, but yeah, yeah, exactly. You've just got a lot of, of quick and anything that happens quick, man, there's not a lot of lessons learned in those quick and in the, the quick and the fast and the in the in the hurry. And um, you you miss the routine, you miss because if it doesn't mean that much to you and you were able to lose that much weight in that small amount of time, then um, it, then it's just like oh that was easy, right? Well, no, dude, that was actually pretty freaking hard, dude. You didn't eat for 72 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's what I would say, and that was kind of everywhere, but. I would say the biggest thing about the 72-hour fast is your body is back to its natural state, so the cravings are gone. Believe it or not, your body doesn't want all the sugar. It doesn't want alcohol. It doesn't want all the crap that's killing you. Believe mm-hmm. it. Your body actually wants to be healthy. Yeah. Believe it or you, not. You, you your a- body, we were, we, were, we were made to function for a long amount of time. So after 72 hours and your body is pretty much ridded itself of every bad cell in its body because that's what it's doing, right? Mm-hmm. It thinks it's dying. You're starving it. You're laying out in the desert. You're just, you know, you're getting some water every now and then, whatever, but your body feels like it's dying. So it's breaking off every bad cell in your body and it's creating brand new cells to fight for its life. Tell me that doesn't make sense. Tell me that yeah. doesn't, that isn't a good thing for your body. And so um, to my biggest thing is when I'm craving bad food, 24-hour fast. When I'm craving really? sugar, pizza, fatty foods, french fries, burgers, you know, pizza, 24 hell. 24-hour and it goes away. 
Yeah, it, yes, it's a, it's a, it's a subtle reset. It doesn't always go away, but the cravings that I had before to where I want to wake up at 10 o'clock and go pound a bag of donuts, yeah, those are gone. I, I could use that. And you're, it's, here, it shrinks here, your stomach. It does yeah. shrink your stomach. Here Here's my take on this, and I, I kind of get frustrated sometimes because, like on right here, it says, many individuals report experience a, a sense of heightened alertness and concentration during fasting periods. So... My thing is, and I've had people argue to the point that a 30-day water fast is terrible for you. There's actually people that have, it was specifically one person, and there's a Netflix series about it, who died uh, because of, they think, because of falling, because you can lose consciousness mm. after going so fast. So that's another whole level. But my thing is, like, I've heard, I've had people argue with me about um, cold water fasting, things like that. And they're always tying it back to doctors. And my th- and this is a very unpopular <laughs> opinion that I'm about to say, but like at and I'm not saying doctors don't play a role because they absolutely play a very pivotal role. But I heard one guy uh, say it this way. It's like a doctor is taught is is taught my chiropractor slash I call him a glorified doctor. He's got a lot of other trainings and specialty. Like he does all my blood work and stuff. Right, right, right. Besides Capri. And and he's made the comment before that actually he's about to be on the podcast or we we already recorded a podcast. By the time this episode is out, that one is going to have to is going to have to be is going to have been released already. So you guys can go watch it. But he said, you know, so many doctors are just trained to write prescriptions. Hmm. So my point is like, what makes a doctor I don't care if you have a medical degree when you for somebody like you or me who likes the extreme parts of pushing ourselves to a different limit. I wish people would sometimes just understand, like, let me do this for for my own clarity, for my own discipline, if nothing else, because that's important in running a company. It's important in running multiple. So I get I kind of I've studied this stuff, dude. I have studied and watched documentaries on both sides and. I think people sometimes forget that we don't live in a one-size-fits-all shoe world. And some of us uh, more extreme people, I would say you're more so than me because I've never done a 72-hour fast, and my discipline is not that I've, sharp. I've done a, I've done a week, um, but I, I did, like, uh, the, the electrolytes that, like, you hear Dana, you know, White talk about doing and the bone broth, things like that. But this is the first time I've ever done 72 hours, water alone, nothing else in my body. Um, and... It, dude, it's 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 amazing. It is absolutely amazing. It's amazing how your body is still. Um, I don't want. I don't want to be too vulgar, so, so but you, it's 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 absolutely. You just got to do it. You just got to do it to truly understand it. The mental clarity and, and the the improved focus that that we're looking at is is a hundred percent correct, dude. So, what does that relationship with food look like when you transition back into food? I I, I mm. was following your journey. Yeah. At one point, you had said, uh, dude, our, the, our food is killing us, understanding the sugar and all that, the processed foods and things like that. But when you come back to eating food, uh, I think if I remember correctly, you said, I started off with a banana. Mm. But what does it look like? Like, how do you, because like you said earlier, your stomach shrinks and things like that. So how do you safely, what did the following say next 48 hours look like for you after the 72 hours and how did you I think it's just that? as important I think if you eat uh if you eat crap after not eating for 72 hours I'm telling you right now you will probably regurgitate it I mean you do not feel well 
Really? You do not feel well. No. You think you're going to reward yourself with this massive meal, and I'm telling you, your body rejects it. I mean, that's you, you will start seeing the, uh, the benefits from that first meal. I've eaten peanut butter my entire life. Love peanut butter. I had a, uh, with that banana, I had like a scoop of peanut butter on it. Didn't didn't do bread still. Just put the peanut peanut butter on the banana. I immediately had a, a reaction in my mouth, um, like an allergic reaction. Like my body what? rejected it. No. Yeah. The peanut butter? Yeah. Because yeah. it's a processed For food? sure. Well, just whatever was in it. I mean, I've, I've ate it my whole life, probably wow. once a day my whole life. I love peanut butter. But after 72 hours of my body trying to get back to its natural state, um, there's obviously something in peanut butter that that I uh, that my, my body doesn't want, it doesn't like. And I was like, get the frick out of here. <laughs> this is the worst day of my life. And so um, it's crazy, man. It's just you don't understand it until you do it. You figure out a lot about yourself. You figure out a lot about your body, um, the mental clarity. I can't stress that enough um, because I am ADD to the extreme, um, and so the reality of that 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 by doing this, um, that you can actually have improved mental clarity, mental capacity, stay on task. Um, words, dude, I can't explain it. It's like you can reach down into your bag of words and you can pull out every vocabulary word that you've got waiting on you to to. Um, to communicate effectively, um, waiting on you to your to your disposal for the first time. Honestly, what? it's the it's just so, words come natural. They come quicker. You're trying to communicate to an employee. You're trying to communicate to yourself. Hell, you're trying to write an email, and mm-hmm. you're just like, holy smokes! And then all you want to do is just savor it. That's the hardest part. But why I went on my rant about food was because where do I go? What do I do? This seems like a lot of work, right? Mm-hmm. How do I savor this feeling? And who's selling the type of food and who's selling the unprocessed food, who's selling the all organic? It's out there, but this feels like a lot of work to me to, yeah. to, to keep this, to, 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 to keep to the way I'm feeling, like to live forever. like this. Like, you know, they call it the, I think it's the blue zones or, um, in the world where it's all organic. And um, so, I mean, I, I know a lot of this because my parents are obviously in healthcare and my mom's a, a freaking hippie and we try to eat clean. Um, but, you know, my thing with the doctor piece, and because I do have a, a leg to stand on this a little bit, because my mom, my mom and dad are pharmacists, and they're um, they're small. They have eight or nine, but they're big enough to fight big pharma. Um, but the reality of it is, Ephraim, is this is what's going on. You want to know what's going on in our country? This is what's going on. You've got the pharmacies that are manufacturing the drugs. You've got the drug companies that are putting out the uh, the drugs. You've got the pharmacies buying up the insurance companies. The manufacturers that are creating the drugs are buying the insurance companies. The insurance companies are saying, we're not going to cover your medication unless you buy from a certain uh, pharmacy. And then so now the manufacturer, the pharmacy, um, and the insurance companies are all in one. Mm-hmm. So small pharmacies are out. You're done, right? My dad just happens to be big enough to where he can go after them. Mm-hmm. He was in our state legislator to where he can talk about this. But the reality of it is, is you're manufacturing the drug, you're mandating what, and you're telling, and then you've got the doctors on your side going, "You got to have it, got to have it, got to have it, got to have it." 
right? They don't have a job unless they write these scripts. The pharmaceutical companies don't have their their drugs unless, you know, you're going to die if you don't take this medicine. You're not going to feel a certain way if you don't take this medicine. Um, and by the way, we're not going to cover this medicine unless you buy from your big box CVS Walgreens. And so, so they, they own, so they got the pharmacies, they got the manufacturers in their back pocket. They got the insurance companies, the big, big pharma, right? And so, to your point about the doctors is, yeah, dude, no one likes this natural solution. They don't mm-hmm. like the natural stuff. Are you kidding me? They don't want you to n- have natural remedies for what you're going through. Mm-hmm. You're telling me you can cure depression by jumping in a cold plunge? You're telling me that you can cure diabetes by uh, fasting, by intermittent fasting and eating clean? Or Guess cancer. what? Yeah, or cancer, right? 70% chance that you don't have cancer, Alzheimer's. There's so much research behind a 72-hour fast with water alone Mm -hmm. where there's a 70% chance, right? Of course they're going to fight you. I'm lucky enough to be or or fortunate enough to be in a circle of of people that that believe in this stuff, so I don't really get a lot of backlash. But the reality of it is it's like, dude, of course they're going to fight you. Right? They, yeah. There's no. This isn't a prescription. You can't go yeah. buy this. The insurance isn't going to cost. You can do this in your backyard, and you can fast for 24 hours, and you can jump in a cold plunge, and it will do a, a, a remarkable work, right? I don't want to act like I'm a doctor because I'm sure as hell not. I sell pizza. But um, the reality of it is, is man, that's what's going on, and you're going to get backlash, and it is what Yeah, it is. and by the way, the statement I made, I'm not claiming that fasting cures cancer. I'm just I again. There's a documentary on Netflix oh, about there's fasting. Studies. There's studies shown. Yeah, that, and the, that, that and the guy is, in that documentary actually did cure his cancer. hundred well, percent. So he was on. Okay, let me clarify. So he went in for chemo, and then instead of radiation, or he was on either chemo or radiation, one or the other. I think it was chemo, and then he decided to fast. And then in one week it was gone, and the doctors were like, "We don't know what happened." Your body wants to be healthy. Yeah. yeah. Like, can we not just understand? Can we just yeah. stop, take a pause for a minute, and know that the only thing killing us is what we're feeding our bodies, whether that's chemically yeah. induced by a doctor or whether it's what we're putting in our bodies, or, or what we all eat. All the medications, like There's all no, the medications and stuff. If you're gonna live to 100 years old, then your body is a freaking machine, dude. Mm-hmm. It is a machine. What are you? How are you feeding the machine? And if it's chemically induced, at the end of the day. You know, I hate to break it to you, to you all, but all you're doing is treating symptoms of that chemically induced yes, drug. Exactly. So you're going to go back to that doctor and you're going to say, oh, now this is wrong with me. Oh, no shit. Well, now here's your another drug. And next thing you know, you're 80 years old. You're on 20 different medications and you're you're paying insurance out the wazoo. Things are happening. And get, y'all, I don't know where the camera is. My parents own pharmacies. Yeah. Like, I, like, like this, uh, this, this is, is very yeah. counterproductive <laughs> for me to say right now. But, but the reality have, have of it is, ever, is that's why I've dove into more of the natural solutions, and that's where we're headed. Have you ever seen, uh, or do you know, an, like an elderly person who has like this whole tray of like Monday through Sunday, and every day is filled with like five or eight different freaking medications? Oh, dude, it's crazy. I've never seen that in it's the crazy. Amish, by the way. Just, Growing up Amish, I've never ever seen my parents take medications. Do you know the lifespan of or, like or, or of my grandparents. Amish in comparison no. to like us? Have you ever looked this up? No. <laughs> I would I would be curious look to at, know. Look at that. Look up. Because you guys the, don't have axed or, or like what's most the... Most of the food is, is grown. Yeah, yeah. In, it's homegrown. So you're not yeah. eating as many pesticides and different things like that. The average uh, person was over 70 years old. Average. <laughs> look at what? that. What? The average life expectancy for the Amish people was over 70 years, while the average American was only 47 during the earliest 20th century. What? Okay, but that what is it now? Dude, that's, that's still a pretty cool stat. 20th century? Imagine that, how much worse is, our crazy. food is now than it was then. Yeah. N- Think about that. True. Dude, that's almost another time. Not quite. 
Yeah, that's from, what I'm saying. From, like, you from, know how much we're injecting our food now? That is insane. So it's a 30-year difference in the 20th century. The I know it's like freaking ancient life times, expectancy for the Amish people was over 70 years, while the average American was only 47, 47. during the early 20th, <laughs> 20th century. Dude, you the can, Amish people still have a notable edge in late-life health quality with lower chances of serious illnesses that are very common for the rest of the world. Because of food, I swear. hundred percent. Food, food and exercise. Dude, are you kidding food, me? Food, it's food a money exercise. grab. It's it's how many steroids can we pump into these chickens that we can freaking just mass produce and get this chicken out, and then we're we're gonna run to the Kroger and we're gonna go we're gonna drill this chicken, and we're 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 literally killing ourselves doing it. And that's what really clicked with me. It was like, okay, where do I go? What do I do? To, to keep this feeling after the 72-hour fast because I felt like I was just a baby, like, in its natural state. The world, the colors are more vibrant. People's smiles made sense to me. Like, I noticed things about people that I never would before. It was the That's most, so insane. you know, and listen, full disclosure, I've done psychedelics in my life, so that would be the closest was thing it, that I could... Was it similar? That's what I was curious about. Yes, I would say it's very... I mean, if you, like, micro-dosed in, like a, like, a, like, a, like, a mushroom trip, like, it would be very similar to that. Not as, as heightened. I'm not going to go that far, okay? Um, I and did this dab is a once past when I was life. fighting Indians, and it was very clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's it, this, is, this would be the closest <laughs> thing that I could explain to you. It's a fraction, don't get me wrong, but it's still... Um, it's still very, uh, it's, it's still very, um, so, so I, okay. You opened the very door. Much the same. You opened the door for me that, that dude, this is that I like to talk about. Not many people do. So I'm going to ask you about I'm all in, yeah. psychedelic stuff. Yeah. So I, I haven't, I've done mushrooms. Um, I, I haven't done anything in years just because I don't know. I don't, I really haven't had a need to, I guess, or not that I needed yeah, to either. either, but I'm, I'm the curious dude. One time years ago, this was probably... 2016, I was in Florida, and this guy, um, actually, I was, I was, uh, he was a business associate at the time. He's like, uh, he's like, every day he would do this DAP stuff, I guess it's called, whatever, and this little pot, and kind of like hookah, you think, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and I'd be like, no, no, no. And the last day I finally did, and man, I, I was, I was so zoned out. I, I, I actually, <laughs> I remember sitting at the table, and then he was saying like. Hey, I made you a dirty mar- or a margarita, a Bloody Mary, and I was just staring in the wall. And he's like, "Hey, hey!" You, you, and so I'm like, "Oh, I gotta go to the bathroom. I didn't have to go to the bathroom, but I just like, I sat down on the floor in there, and the next thing I knew, I was fighting the Alamo, in the Alamo. To <laughs> and this what, day, what was this? Just a dab? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. To this day, I'm I'm telling you, I was I can describe the place. I was sitting behind a brick walk and hear the Mexican soldiers talk Spanish. It's so funny. I was sitting with a musket. I was there. <laughs> right after that, I was an Indian. I was sitting outside my TP. The horse, this is how clear it was. A horse walks by, his hoof hits the dust, the dust swirls up, and I can still to this day smell it. I knew everybody in every scenario. It wasn't weird. I didn't feel like I didn't belong there. And it made me think for the first time in my life, maybe there's more than one life, which goes against everything I've ever been taught. Yeah. Uh, what's your take on that? You Dude, I don't know. I mean, I've never this. done like I, I uh, like I'm a huge like Theo Vaughn fan, and I like you know I know Aaron Rodgers and all their like ayahuasca trips and like the stuff that they're doing. 
but uh, you know, I personally have what, not. What is that? What they? Like it's pretty much just an out of body experience, man. Like to hear them explain an ayahuasca like trip, and like I'm not for certain. I think I think I think my brother's done it. Um, I don't know, uh, so don't quote me on that. <laughs> but um, I, I I'm He'll pretty sure. Like, but I, I think I've heard. Well, to hear his firsthand experience, and then obviously just uh, like in person, and then um, hear from everyone else. But the way I feel it is, it's like. Um, it, it's like basically just an out of body experience to where you pretty much like remove yourself and like you see yourself for who you actually are mm-hmm. and like the good and the bad and the ugly and like everything. And it's just so truth telling that like you just don't have a response. Like I think Theo talks about it on his podcast when, when he did it, it was like, he's like crying profusely. Really? Yeah. And it was just like, so true. It was all the things that like, wow. you really didn't want to shake hands with yourself on, but you knew were there or whether it be something about your past or whether it be something, See, but the, no, I, I wouldn't go that far. Um, I'm the you know, type of person I want to push the limits. I want to try that. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, I have no desire. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, to lie scared, to you about that. I, I, I mean, I would do it. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know if I'd do it or not. I, I, would um i would have to be in the right setting i'm very um i'm crazy but i want my headspace yeah like i don't like not being in being in control and i feel like if i do anything that's why i don't really drink to excess that's why i don't do drugs like i obviously my faith tells me i should probably not overindulge on a bunch of shit but you know for me i uh i don't uh i like to be in control it's 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 a blessing and a curse it's a blessing when it comes to like substance abuse but it's a mm-hmm. curse obviously like in, in, a, in, a, in a marriage or anything like that but i feel like if i overindulge then i've lost control and i'm making bonehead decisions and, and i have and i'm like i can't live with myself on that i feel like these trips and um you know, uh, psychedelics and things like that. I just feel like you're just such in a, in a weird headspace to where you you aren't yourself, or maybe you are. I don't. I know. think it can change people. I if, do too. If, if, I if mean, you do you, a lot of it. I think it can actually change. Yeah, the that way scares you see me. I kind of like the yeah, way I am. That, that, does, <laughs> that does scare me. That's probably the only thing that would ever keep me from trying something. But I'm I'm always yeah, it definitely so, like reconnect some yeah. some some stuff. I'm always up there. so intrigued uh, by that stuff. But but I you know I don't know. I I make no claims, but. I've just had a very that that is just a very vivid experience I had that, but to you know I I just I'm a curious guy and I I think it's uh, I don't know it it's pretty crazy. Well, I I mean if I were to do it, I would only do it with you. And we would go we would go down <laughs> in, to like the Virgin space Islands. With Titus watching over <laughs> us. Yes, yeah, we need to. I, Titus is a trustworthy dude, dude. He's got I mean those those Wranglers would, and that camo hat, dude. I I trust that guy I, in my I would, life. I would honestly. I would trust Titus. Me too. To, me too. To, to me too. Him. And I feel like he doesn't know me that well, so he wouldn't judge me. So <laughs> if we want to make plans after this to go go get some some ayahuasca and oh. and, and crush it, and um, I would I'd have a I have to pick up my parents from the airport tonight. Yeah, to probably 10 30. Yeah, so it's yeah. probably not the best Dude, I, best yeah. time. But I, I if I was to do it, I would do it with you. I would I I'd have to trust those people, man. I would have I don't know, man. I yeah. it'd be extremely tough. I'd have to be in a room and I have to trust those people, and then I just feel like there's just like a crazy connection forever. That you when know, you do ayahuasca with someone, it's like. Yeah, you'd have to. You'd have to. I'd have to know the person who's guiding me through. And first off, I would never do something like that. That's not guided. But like uh, the, you know, Aaron Rodgers is big fans with Aubrey Marcus or uh, friends with Aubrey Marcus. I don't know if you know who Aubrey Marcus. Aubrey Marcus wrote a book, "Own the Day, Own Your Life." To this day, is still one of my favorite books I've ever read. Wow, Um, incredible. And while he has changed his stance on a portion or two in the book since, it's an incredible book. But he. 
he did this thing, and I forget how many days it was in pure darkness. Pure dark, kind of the same experience, not psychedelics, but like it pure it's darkness insane. for days. And and he was saying how you you come to face to face with yourself because you're you're you don't have anything. You're pure silence and darkness for an X amount of days. Imagine what you have to think about that you don't. I like to, it's really easy for for me. Like I like to sit here and think I'm a pretty good dude. The best that I, I do the best I can, but I wonder what I would see if I just did that. You know what I'm saying? Because I know there's stuff that yeah. unconsciously I push away or I'm not like for I'll just I'll just be completely transparent. Like I'm I'm a um and I'd say this cuz me and my girlfriend have been through this recently, but like in conflict like I'm the um what what what's the word for it? Damn it! Uh, basically, like I run. Yeah. You know you know what I'm saying. So no matter, I feel like if I did something like that, I would come face to face with the reasons why. Right. Yeah, I feel like Things you like wouldn't that. run from yourself. I think you're comfortable. You know, like I feel like you would have to face some stuff. But maybe start with like a ski trip, like just by yourself or something before you locked yourself in a room. You know, yeah, like I think it's healthy. I think it's healthy to just go like vacation but by yourself. That's what Montana does for me. I mean, that's why. I do love you go Montana. out there by yourself? I, I yeah, every. What year. do you do? Do you like read? Do you like plan? I hike. So you just hike. I, and, like, I climb do you listen to podcasts or you just listen? You just with I yourself. I climb a mountain. I listen to instrumental music. I have a whole playlist of music on my phone. That is nothing but instrumental, not like country or anything. It's just, it's just beats and. But and super like, beneficial, yeah. Yeah, like you come oh, back dude, refreshed. I cry every time, every time. I can be up there climbing a mountain by myself, dirty, sweating, and I'm crying. Yeah, every single time. Yeah, it feels selfish going on a trip by yourself, but I feel like it's it would be so good for me just to I'm, like disappear I, yeah. for like a week and just just I, get away, put my phone down, and go somewhere. And yeah. my wife would have to trust me, my company. Hopefully, I've done enough things right that they it would it would go well. But just like get away, and obviously, I think I would keep my phone on me. But just that, I need to work on that. I think it'd be. I, th- I think I learned the value in that in 2018, and I've never been the same since because. Uh, and unfortunately, I, you know, I think the first time I ever told my girlfriend that, hey, I wanted to go on this trip alone, it was a little hurtful. Mm. And, and we were new. And yeah. now she understands and gets me and understands like that's a big part of like, I need that time to and she does trips herself too, and her and her sister and stuff. And so, but it's like, for me, it's there's something and I don't know why Montana, I think that's where I really discovered a big portion of myself one year with the worst year of my that was a that was a year that I wanted to take my life and all kinds of stuff and I figured out all these things about myself. So so mm. maybe that was and I was hiking in Montana during that time. And so mm. I think it just brought uh, it there's just a part of it and Titus did it with us this summer. We I went out earlier this year by myself and then I took a bunch of the guys out and we did a whole hiking thing. That was the most incredible thing. We probably everybody was like we hiked like t- what, ten miles up in the mountain. Wow. And it was it was insane, <laughs> but like the, the, there's just something about it. I mean, there's just something for me, I'm a, I'm a mountains over a beach guy. And so when I'm in the mountain by myself and I'm just, I can be hiking. It can be like, I'll go to Missoula and I'll hike the M trail, which is not even in the woods. You're just over the city. Right. But it's just something that's hard. I'm doing and, and I'm, I think, and I'm just listening to music and I'm just there for me. Um, I can walk along a river out there, but the thing I learned, the key to all of it is I got to go somewhere else. Here, I'm too much. If I'm in Nashville, I'm business. 
dude. I gotta go. Well, we somewhere live else. in such a rat race, man, to where it's like we have access to so much content. Your phone. I mean, you can get yes. lost in three hours of this. You can get lost in that. There's tons of people in front of you demanding your attention. Um, you know, it's it's about bam, bam, bam. What am I gonna do next? Go, go, go. I mean, you've got to get away, man. Like you gotta, you gotta get lost to to get found. Uh, I, I truly believe that, and um, I think in business right now, the best thing that especially men, especially men. Um, can learn is is to how to retreat, man. I think we struggle with this whole idea of going the other direction. I think the society, I think, um, is telling us to go, 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 go as fast mm-hmm. as you can, go as far as you can. And I think in reality, what I learned this past year was uh, how to retreat, how to go back, how to fi- go figure out who you were long before the world got a hold of you, long before your company got a hold of you, um, long before you started comparing yourself to everyone on your phone. Um, you know, who is that guy? And if you can truly find out, um, you know, who go back and, and, and give 13 year old Spence a hug, it is so, um, it's so helpful, man. It's just like, this isn't at all what I envisioned for myself at 30 years old, right? Yeah, maybe a little bit of financial success, uh, unbelievable wife and kids, maybe. But, you know, the idea that I wake up and some days I don't even remember what I did. I just know that my mm. feet and my mouth did not quit moving. And then I come home and I'm like, shit, man, like, yeah, I don't you, know you if this is, this is it. And so, yeah, 100 percent. So for me, it's like learning how to retreat, learning how to go back and, and, and just slowing the pace down of everything like stopping completely at a stop sign, <laughs> you know, like just understanding how to live this life, you know, w- you know, with more grace and more, um, uh, you know, more like a swan feel rather than me just freaking just going 90 miles a minute. So, um, that's, that's been my biggest takeaway this year is just going back to what matters most and, and retreating, um, not necessarily trying to push the envelope on every business deal, every opportunity, um, and just being content for a little while. Because I'm telling you right now, if we struggle with anything, um, it's it's being content, and we just we're not good at being where our feet are, and it's 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 a struggling generation, and that's why our mental health is so out of whack, man. Mm-hmm. We can't just be present. I think sometimes we have, I you know. I relate so much to what you're saying because I have, ever since I was a kid, I've had huge ambitious dreams. As an Amish kid, I'm living my dream plus so much more right now. <laughs> but then my dream shifts to where now it's like I want so much more. It's, and, and it's never going to stop. That's yeah, why you've exactly. got to have this perspective. But this is the first time, what I, what I tell some people sometimes is like, when you really think about it, this is, we're in an age for the first time where there's social media and influencers, and you have guys as much as I like them, like Gary Vee or somebody, that's like, go, 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 get as much as you can, <laughs> do as much. We still have yet to see the effects of that. Right. These guys haven't died. They right. haven't been on their deathbed. Well, what if they do? And they're like, this is not the way. Mm. And I'm not saying they will. I I'm not it. putting words in their mouth no, I dig at it. all. I but dig uh, it. but I, I'm aware sometimes that like I study American history, uh, specifically on the Indians. Right. And the way they lived is, and you know, the way they saw the white man come in and destroy everything and for a dollar. I think about that a lot to where I think like when I die, like, it, you know, what am I going to say? Is it I love achieving a new dream and a new goal. But at the same time, if you miss the journey, you've missed it all. Like it's just and so 
I don't know. I, well, I'm, when is enough enough, right? Like we're going, when it's is enough just enough, exactly. going to, if you don't figure this out sooner than later, you're constantly going to be chasing, you know, whatever that is, the Joneses and the Joneses have mm-hmm. no idea who the freak you are. And, you know, for me, it's like, if you don't figure this out sooner than later, how to be content in the season that you're in, then it, Oh, it, this thing doesn't go away. You're because yeah. if you're if you're any you know um, competitive, ambitious like I am, like dude, this part of me I know is here to stay. I'm mm-hmm. always gonna yeah, want the next same. best thing. I'm always going to make want to make more money. I'm all it's fair. That's a fair. That's so a fair statement. So you've got to understand that when you show up to the office. That you need to be okay with someone be bopping their way in and having a conversation with you. You've got to be okay with walking up to that stranger. You've got to be okay with stopping and just being present. Because I'm telling you, you'll look up and you'll miss it. You'll I, I miss need that. it. Oh man, I, you I will miss lot. it, and uh, I don't want people to miss it. I, I I truly think that there's such a peace and and hope in just being present, and. Um, you know, I, I, I work in one of the most fastest-paced industries ever, and that's the restaurant world. And I've learned to be a poised leader rather than one that's trying to speed everything up. I'm usually the one coming in going, hey, it's all going to be okay. These people are going to get their food when yeah. they get their food, but we're going to do it correctly. So um, anyways, Ephraim, man, thank you so that. much. I feel that. I, that's that's my biggest challenge is to learn to, like, relax and just kind of – do exactly what you just said to where I don't come, I come in the office and I'm like thinking like all the things I got to do and you can't even stop to, or like I'm, I'm on coming in and I'm like, I'm, I hit a stoplight and I'm like, you know, come on, you got to, I, I really need to work on that. But I want to touch on one more thing. I know we've had you for a while, uh, but like I think about this a lot and you and me are very um, privileged and I would even say maybe lucky to some extent we've worked really hard for what we have and we have, uh, I don't know. We, I, I feel like I earned everything I worked for and I'm sure you do too. At the same time, I'm always so aware when we talk about health and we talk about like good food and eating good food and how expensive that is. Like, what do you think? Like, what's your advice to people who listen and they're like, man, you know, I love to do that, but I can't freaking afford to go to whole foods even and buy food or, you know, what's your advice to somebody who's like, you know, I've been there and I often think about like, what would I do in a world that has as much inflation as right now where I've never had higher grocery bills ever? What's, what's your take on that? If somebody came to you and was like, dude, Spence, you know what? I'm trying, but it's so much cheaper to just go to grab a Big Mac and eat it on my way home or while convenient. I'm trying. Yeah. 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 Um, I think you just got to figure out what it's worth to you. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, we all have to make sacrifices for what we want. And how much is your health worth? I think at the end of the day, all we have is our health. And I think if there's anything worth investing in, it's your health. Literally. Because if you don't have your health, what do you, you know, what, what do you have? Yeah. Right? It doesn't matter how big a company you have. It doesn't matter this beautiful family that you have over here. But if, you know, if you're, what's the, what's it worth? Right? Yeah. What's, what's any of that worth if you're not here? And I, I think, um, that's my argument to that. It's like, if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. So the idea that you're not going to sacrifice for your health and get in the gym and work out, you're not going to sacrifice to try to eat clean. If you don't have it, and we're, and, and we're only getting worse as a society, so it's like 
if if we can put a nip to this now and come up with uh, alternative solutions for the type of food that we're putting in our body and they're there but if you can get it on a routine now the more beneficial you'll be and listen if you can go get an eight dollar cup of coffee every morning at starbucks i promise you you can save money and and, and go um eat cleaner um yeah. you know we'll buy an app that that you know that that makes our face look cool um for four dollars a month but we won't you know, invest that back into eating healthy. I just think it just depends on your, your priorities and, you know, um, and do it the right way. Um, to your point, you know, you lose it fast, you'll gain it back fast. It's the fasting component of what I do is, is more of a reset. It's more of a discipline thing. It's more to lose the cravings. It's not a way of life. I know I can't eat the rest of my life. I mean, mm-hmm. I have to be self-aware enough to understand that like, Hey, this fast will be over. You will go back into the same environment you came in when you all, all all you had to do for the last 70 hour, 72 hours say no i'm not eating well guess what the next 72 are not like that you're actually in yeah. front of people you're at dinner you're with your mm-hmm. wife you're with your your buds you're watching football what kind of discipline does that look like if you're yeah. disciplined not to eat can you be disciplined enough to freaking find a healthy option bring your own daggum food not overindulge you know try to cut back on your alcohol you know intake and you know, it just it's it's a discipline, man. So if 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 it's the financial piece, I would say um, that's a really crappy excuse, is what I would say. Because at the end of the day, if we don't have our health, y'all, we don't have anything. So um, that's, good. that's good. That's my take. How can people find you? You're a Spence Sheldon Instagram. Yeah, Spence Sheldon on Instagram. Um, for sure, man. I mean, I, we try to highlight our people. Um, Donato's Nashville, Donato's BGKY, Donato's Murfreesboro. I think um, as I continue on this journey of my own concept, it'll just all be Sheldon Restaurant Group, um, SRG. That'll be our company, and there'll be a lot of stuff coming soon, uh, hopefully, um, that we'll get to talk about and I'm excited for. But, um, yeah, no, man, Spence Sheldon is probably the easiest way. Um to, to, to find me, hit me up. I, I, I'd like to keep myself available. You're more than welcome to reach out, chat. I'll come to you. We can, we can talk business. We can talk about life. But um, if anything, just patience. Be content where you are. Um, and if you're struggling with that, give me a call because I, I, um, I'm not Mr. Content and I'm the most impatient person in the world. But what this year taught me more than anything with a family and business is, is patience. And um, I've, I've, I've made a lot of business deals um, bad ones. I've never made a bad business deal where I was too late to the party not to make it. Um, but I've made a lot of bad business deals because I was the first one there. And um, I, I think uh, people need to realize that patience is 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 it, man. Like, quit comparing yourself to everyone. We're all on our own pace of grace, and uh, you're going to get to where you need to go. You just stay patient um, and do it the right way, man. Amen to that. We didn't even get to touch on uh, guys you need to look up almost home. Yeah, Which almost is the, home. His nonprofit, nonprofit uh, we have uh, almost home clothing, and then we, uh, my wife and I, obviously have Sweat Studio in Bowling Green as well. But man, listen, um, I'd like to think that I'm a lot uh, uh, bigger than my business, and I think uh, who I actually am is once you strip away all those things. So uh, just yeah, hit yeah. me up. Let's go get coffee. You're grab always a, beer, a real so. one. You're always a real one. And guys, <laughs> if you like the content, please like and subscribe if you disagree or agree with what we're saying comment below let us know what you think if you want to see spence back in here there's a lot more to this dude that we haven't peeled back spence is one of the greatest guys that i've gotten to know in this town as far as humble and just a true true servant leadership style and 
Dude, you inspire me every time I see you. Well, feelings are mutual, and I promised you that I would interview you on his podcast. So that's coming soon. So <laughs> okay. we're gonna we're gonna if, if if we do nothing more, we're just gonna flip seats and so we're gonna pretend like I'm interviewing you. But um, well, I'll be back and I'm interviewing <laughs> Ephraim. I've got questions, um, and okay. we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna okay. I'll do it. You we're know gonna what? ask for him. you. I'll do it. Thank you. For you, I'll do Thank it. Thank you. You deserve it. I need you in this seat. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Ephraim. <laughs>